when I went back through what really unwound everything is when I went back into the story chamber, holding my intent and the truth is what I saw as my old story was, this is happening to me. I'm a victim. I don't have any control about this. Hard things are always happening. I'm always getting my heart broken. And I looked at it again and I was like, oh, I'm in like the universe. The, the message was the universe loves me so much that it's giving me another opportunity. And that I'm like in the university of being present and learning how to let go. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Okay, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Heather Ash Amara. Heather Ash is dedicated to inspiring depth, creativity, and joy by sharing the most potent tools from a variety of world traditions. She studied and taught extensively with Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements, and continues to teach with the Ruiz family. Raised in Southeast Asia, Heather Ash has traveled the world from childhood and is continually inspired by the diversity and beauty of human expression and experience. She brings this open-hearted, inclusive worldview to her writings and teachings. She is the author of the best-selling Warrior Goddess training series, The Seven Secrets to Happy and Healthy Relationships with Don Miguel Ruiz, and The Warrior Heart Practice Heather Ash, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Drew. So happy to be with you and to see what happens in our conversation today. Oh, it's such an honor. Um, Heather Ash, maybe just start by telling us a little bit about your background. Um, I know for, for six years you apprenticed with Don Miguel Ruiz, one of my heroes, and traveled the world with him. What was, what was that experience like of apprenticing with him? It was Wonderful, difficult, challenging, completely dismantling, um, and stepping into love. So I was apprenticing with another teacher. I was just finishing up an apprenticeship with another teacher in a European earth-based um, spirituality tradition when I had a dream about Miguel. And at the time, I'd been asking him, like, there's something I'm missing in my spiritual path. And I was really yearning and opening my heart up to what's the next step when Miguel shows up in my dreams and says, and I hear this voice that says, this is the next person. This is who you're going to work with. And I remember waking up from the dream thinking, right, where am I going to meet this powerful shaman dude in the little tiny North California, Northern California town that I live in? Uh, and a week later, somebody came into my office and said, you've got to meet this man. And my whole body went, oh, no, I am not ready for this. <laughs> um, and it really it took me a year to get ready because I could feel my life was going to transform and change in really drastic ways. And when I stepped into the apprenticeship with with Don Miguel and with the community, it was this recognition of I really felt like I'd met my people and I, I felt held. And it was also so just discombobulating in the best way possible of what I thought was true and real really wasn't. And who I thought I was supposed to be was really based out of self-importance and victimization. And so 
you know, I'd love to say it was all lovely and wonderful. It wasn't. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm internally grateful for the challenge, for the all the places of being reflected back, of go deeper, slow down, listen, that is so embedded in my life now. Mm. And and I've heard you say that you were in a temple in Egypt when he when when Don Miguel ended the apprenticeship and announced to you, go make the teachings your own. And I'm just curious, how did you go about how did you go about making the teachings your own? Uh, such a great question. No, I was one of the most dedicated apprentice. Like I would I went everywhere with Miguel. I was super just really in with the community. And when Miguel shifted everything like what happened is one day he shifted everything he's like i'm breaking the old form you're all free go and the next day he was like okay we have the next thing we're gonna do dreaming and my body i was like i can't like in my body i was like i'm i need to go out like he just broke the form and i couldn't go back in uh and it was it was devastating in a way because that was such my life and what ended up happening is I was working for the publisher of the Four Agreements. I was a, the publicist for Four Agreements and for Mastery of Love and a couple of Miguel's other books. And so I really like put myself into that work of spreading the word through the books as well as teaching. I was teaching the Four Agreements as well. And what started to happen is that I recognized that I wanted to start teaching more full time. And I was blessed to have a mentor in my in Amber Island Publishing's um, the the main person who helped really helped craft the four agreements, Janet Mills, who said to me, "All right, let's make this happen. I'll help you." And I ended up starting a center, a nonprofit Toltec church, probably the only Toltec church in existence, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> um, and starting a community. And it was the community, being in relationship with a community that helped me really see what people needed, what I needed and what the community needed. And that's how I made it my own was being in relationship to life, mm. being in relationship to the humans I was with of who were being drawn to the work and then really feeling into what do they need. And that then I needed to start changing things and shifting things based on who was in front of me and what I was growing into. And I think that's the biggest way that we step into what our gift is, is listening and being in relationship with life at such a deep level and letting life po polish us, you know, polish all the rough edges. Mm. Well, that's beautiful. And I know you've, you know, you meant, I mentioned before that you were raised in Southeast, Southeast Asia and you've, and I know you've been exposed and studied many different practices and modalities. Why do you think the wisdom of the Toltec is so powerful. Mm, you know, it's so similar to Buddhism in a way, which is what I was seeped in growing up. Though I wasn't raised Buddhist, I was surrounded by the quality and the energetic of Buddhism of awareness and presence and stillness. And I feel like the Toltec wisdom has that at its base, an awareness practice of teaching us how to step out of our thoughts, of our emotions, of our relationships to start to witness ourselves. And that that 
foundation is critical for so much of what we need to do in our inner world is to start to untangle. And I had been in a community that I loved dearly, but what I realized is that a lot of us had based our creation on this sense of victimization and empowered victim. Like the victimization part hadn't gotten cleaned up and we had stepped into this, like I can make my world happen and I'm not gonna let you take me down anymore. Mm -hmm. That was felt powerful, but wasn't actually deep authentic power. And that's what is the tools in the Toltec lexicon we can say bring is the very practical, how do you reclaim your energy from the past? How do you be in right relationship with your emotional body? How do you stop leaking energy? How do you transform some of the fundamental agreements that we've made as part of the dream of the planet that we're in so that we can get back into authenticity, not as a shell. Look, I'm being authentic. Mm. You know, I'm spiritual, not as the shell, but as the reality, as the experience. And that's what I got from Miguel and the teachings, as well as you know, something else that's embedded. The Toltec tools are so impactful around energy. I think they're some of the best tools around how to navigate and manage our energy body. And through the Ruiz tradition, the love that is there is also part of the healing and the medicine. That's what Miguel and the Ruiz family and myself, like what we bring is this place of unconditional love and acceptance and patience around what it takes to unravel so that now I can show up with myself and with, with the people that I work with, with just this genuine love of the human, even when the human's acting out or struggling or doing the story, there's this, this faith of like, you'll figure it out. We can do this together. Hmm. And I really got that from, from being in relationship with Miguel as long as I have, because it's been, I think, 25 years now wow. that I've known Miguel and been part of the family. Mm, so cool. I, I love how you say, yeah, the, the, the love is part of the healing, part of the medicine. Oh my goodness, that's so great. So Heather Ash, in, in your book, The Warrior Heart Practice, I, I, I underlined this line, I jotted it down, and I just wanted to just throw it at you. You, you, you wrote, the truth is you are a magnificent nuclear bomb force of love and potential. And if you've had enough playing small and judging yourself into scattered itty bitty pieces of who you really are, this book will awaken the warrior within. Do you think that most people are playing too small? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think that so many of us... And, and we do it in interesting ways. So there's different ways to play small. There's playing small of I'm not good enough, what we call self-effacement, that we're worse than everyone else. We don't have worth. We don't deserve. There's that form of playing small. But there's also another form of playing small, which is self-importance. I'm better than everyone. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. You people are not on a spiritual path, so you're less than. And it's what I call spiritual smugness. And that is also playing small. That's not in alignment either. And so we have to watch the places where we go into making ourselves small by making ourselves more important than everyone else or making ourselves small by feeling like we can't do it or we don't have the self-worth. And 
really harnessing the power that each of us have of vulnerability, humility, and and being close to the earth, being close to the the beauty of things unfolding rather than thinking we know everything. And and also the the joy of not knowing and showing up with where we're at and being authentic, not of having the armoring or the the place of this is how I should appear. This is how I should be showing up, but really what's true for me here and how we navigate that. Uh, and, and again, being in relationship with life, I, I really had a turning point drew in my life before I read, I wrote warrior goddess training. I'd written another book called uh, it's now called a little path on the, the little book on big freedom. The time it was called the four elements of change. And I had ended a relationship a very dramatically with my husband, and I was feeling a tremendous amount of sorrow and hurt. Um, and my community was like, wanted me to just show up as okay. And I felt into it. And even Miguel, I remember Miguel was like, sweetheart, he doesn't want you. Just let go. Just let go, sweetheart. He doesn't want you anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, but I can't. <laughs> and I remember so badly wanting to be able to just let go. And I felt into it and I was like, you know what the truth is? I can't, I'm not able to let go right now. There's deeper healing. And I could feel that, that I had this pivot point of like stepping into everything's fine. Yep. I'm good. He's gone. I'm a spiritual warrior. I'm moving on. But underneath that was this hurt part of me that needed to be loved and untangled. There was a, a mess underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And I made the choice to turn towards the mess towards the mess of the emotions and the hurt and the betrayal and the fear. And that choice was difficult. I had to go through a lot. But on the other side of it, I, I untangled so much. I got so much more free. And that really laid the pathway for my work in the Toltec tradition is to help us go through the emotion and the old rather than bypass it or try and go over it and there's a subtle dance with that yeah 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 that's it that's such an interesting concept of moving toward the mess whatever that mess might be you know as opposed to just sort of sweeping it under the rug and, and how, how do you think we do that how do we move toward the mess whatever that area might be in a relationship or just you know in some way in our life we do it by by really starting with honoring what emotionally is rising for us now and to stay with that to not so often we're we use everything to try and exit our emotional body like to exit away from feeling hurt upset and this isn't about going and staying stuck in those emotions at all it's not what i'm advocating i don't think we need to live in suffering or or like be swimming around in the emotions all the time at all but what I've witnessed in myself and in others is that we often have old emotional content from childhood, from hurts that we didn't know how to process at the time. And so most of us are carrying this like backpack of old emotional content that we're dragging around with us. And it's only when we slow down to turn and put the backpack down and start unpacking it consciously and clearing out those old emotions that we become this really beautiful vessel that's empty that can then be in relationship with life 
as life is and that we then have that creativity and stillness and presence. So it takes great courage Mm -hmm. and it takes the tools to unpack and release the past and untangle the emotional content from the story. The story usually keeps the emotions locked up. Mm. And when we start to separate them and really look at what am I feeling versus what I'm telling myself, what the story is, the healing happens like our emotional body is so wise. Like when we start really naming our emotions and our emotional content and just being in relationship with it, not trying to fix or change or do something with it, but just like, oh, I'm feeling grief. Can I just be with the grief? The emotional body knows how to heal and how to move emotion through and clear it out mm. when we separate it from the story. Well, that really is a great segue into the warrior heart practice, because I have found this, Heather Ash, so powerful and helpful. Um, and I'd love for you to just, you know, people people definitely want to read the book, but maybe just give them some of the highlights as far as these four chambers of the heart and how that plays into the feeling and the story and uh, truth and intent. Absolutely. This practice came from being in relationship with a friend of mine who had a really challenging story that he was telling himself. And he would share the story with me and be in all this angst. And, and I would help him reflect like that actually didn't happen that way. Here's how it happened and like help him untangle it, look at the truth. And then two or three days later, he came back with the same exact tangle and the same exact story. This happened several times. And I was like, wow, as humans, we're so attached to our stories. We're so, we can get so attached to the suffering. So my prayer was, is there any way I can help this human untangle and create more spaciousness? And that's when the practice dropped in. And it's really simple. The heart has four chambers. So the practice has four chambers. They're all equally important. There isn't a better Like this part's better and this part's not as good. They're all really important. And those four chambers are really briefly the the feeling chamber, the story chamber, the truth chamber, and the intent chamber. And each of them has a question. So when we hit a place in our lives where there's a challenge, where there's an obstacle, where there's a tangle, where there's a trigger, where we're not sure where to go next... We start using this particular practice with the first question in the feeling chamber. What am I feeling? What's going on now? And again, separate. This is a process to separate out the different pieces so we can clean them up and bring them back together again. And I think about it as like an engine. If your engine isn't working well, you don't just chuck the engine or pretend it's, it's all fine. You take the engine apart. You clean up the pieces. And then you put it back together again. So the taking apart is the starting with, what am I feeling? Settling into what's the emotion that's happening in this being right now? Where is it in my body? And not trying to fix or change, but just being with the emotion. And just settling into, this is what's going on in this body right now. Um, And it's really powerful because so many of us spend a tremendous amount of energy and time avoiding our emotional content, Mm -hmm. like running away, exiting. So this is this, this really wise, courageous act of coming back home to ourselves. What am I feeling now? And then once you've just been with yourself and been with a feeling, 
then you step into the next chamber, which is the story chamber. And the question in the story chamber is, what am I thinking? What am I telling myself? What's the story? So then we go into, and I like to think of you go into the story 100%. Like, what, who are you judging? Where are you blaming? Where are you have this big story about what they should be doing different or how you should be different? Like, whatever the story is, you go in to the mess. And let yourself explore what, it, what is the content of my mind? What am I telling myself? What's the story? And what is it related to? Because so often, whatever's presenting in our world is not the actual problem. There's a deeper story that has gotten resonated and that is now coming up, I believe, to be healed. Mm. And when we sit in the story chamber and really let ourselves be in the story, we'll suddenly find these older threads of like, oh, wow, this is an old, here's an old, old agreement that we might not have perceived otherwise by just trying to power through a situation or change it or make it right. So that's the story chamber. Then from the story chamber, we step into the truth chamber. And the question of the truth chamber is what is actually true here? What can I see is true? And in the truth chamber, how do you know something's the truth? One is that it's really simple. It's like one sentence with a period at the end. And the second is that our body, I believe our body knows what the truth is. And there's this, this relaxation, this opening that happens in the body when we come to a truth that's true for us. Whew. Mm. And what we have to be aware of is it's really easy to drag the story into the truth chamber and make that appear to be the truth when it's just a better version of the story. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> There's a learning of what's actually true versus what I want to be true or what's a better story that makes me feel better versus what's actually true. Um, I can give an example with this later. And then the, the fourth chamber is the intent. This is the key really is what do I want in this situation for myself? So the intent chamber is not how do I want other people to be or how do I think the situation should be? The intent chamber is what am I willing to commit to in my life as I untangle the situation? Where do I want to put my energy and my focus and my intent for me? What do I want to embody more in my life? So the intent might be compassion. It's one word. It might be play. It might be clarity. It might be stillness. It could be anything, but it's the quality you want to, to cultivate as you untangle this, whatever situation has arisen. And then you go back. So the first, the fifth part is to then go back through the chambers, taking your intent, connecting with the truth again. And I like to think, I love this image of I'm holding my intent in one hand. I'm holding my my commitment to compassion in one hand, and I'm holding truth. I'm holding whatever the truth I see is, oh, I'm going to make mistakes, period. And then I walk back into the story chamber to see how do I untangle the story. But now I have new eyes. I have new allies of my intent and my truth in relationship to the story. And that then we close. I always invite people to then end in the, the feeling chamber to, to, to land back in the body. How do I feel now? 
And sometimes after doing the practice, you feel open, you feel still, you feel a sense of relief. And sometimes there may be another emotion there that is, is yours to be with or that you know there's another piece to unwind. So there's a, a brief overview of those four chambers, feeling, story, truth, and intent. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful because in my notes I had just written down, you know, just we, we so often, me, everybody, I, I would assume, we get lost and, and so caught up in the story. And as you, as you wrote in your book, this whole notion of the spin cycle, where we just cycle and we cycle in the story and we cycle through that story and we just get stuck there. But this is a great way to get out. <laughs> it is a great way to get out. And it's, it's getting out by going in, mm. which I love. Mm. Yeah, me too. And, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's so powerful. And cause you wrote in the book, that 80% of the ailments are often the ailments that we suffer from, maybe even more so than stress, are, are maybe even more a result of this cycling, this emotional repression or cycling, which is kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, that was some interesting research that I did, that this idea, you know, especially when I wrote the book, there was this idea of you got to get yourself out of stress. And the research is like, actually, stress isn't the problem. We're going to have stresses in our life. The problem is what we think about the stress, how we perceive the stress. And that just made me realize, like, yeah, it's really about not, it's not that we're ever going to not be in story or be telling it. We're going to tell ourselves stories, but what's our relationship to the story? Do we fully believe it and then justify and pull in other data to help us support the story? Or are we looking at the story and going, okay, how do I create more spaciousness around this uh, and, and be in different relationship to it? Mm. And that changes everything. Heather Ash, did you, did you have an example that you wanted to, to go to related to this? Was there something that you had in mind or? Yeah, I have a great example of a really super wonderful knot that I created for myself <laughs> uh, that I wrote about in the book. And now I laugh about it, but oh, it was hard. And it was a great example. This was when this situation happened to me after I ran myself through the process. I was like, okay, the process works. If I could be in this much of a challenging situation and get myself out of it, and be centered, like, whoa. So I'll share the story. A little bit of, just tiny bit of background, which I was a friend of mine, and, and I had been talking for a couple of years about possibly dating, and we were, I felt we were being so mature because we were talking about relationship and being friends as we explored this idea of relationship with each other. And there came a, a moment where I made a decision, I'm in, I'm 100%, let's do this. And at the same time, he made the decision, I'm out, this is not going to work for me. We were in different places when that happened. And we were meeting in Mexico for me to teach a week-long intensive that he was participating in and that I was facilitating. <laughs> so there's the setup. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no. So what happened is that he ended up falling in love with someone in the seminar <laughs> as I'm teaching. And there's a whole backstory about my ex-husband. I mean, it was just the most perfect knot. 
Um, and so I went into a lot of hurt and upset as I'm trying to teach. And there was a moment when it kind of all broke and he and this woman went off and I'm by myself and I'm like, all right, sweetheart, sit down, run yourself like warrior heart practice, sit down, warrior goddess. So I sat myself down and I went into the, to the feeling chamber and I was like, what do I feel? And the, the most profound feeling of disappointment and what was the right word? It was, it was this deep despair and feeling like a really like bone deep disappointment. And I just sat with it. I was like, okay, just be with this. And I could feel that it felt really old. I'm like, this isn't about this situation. This is an old, old feeling. And so I just sat with that for a while. And then I went into the story chamber and here's what showed up in the story chamber. And this is the thing that's so important with the story chamber is you don't go in knowing what your story is or justifying the story. You go in going, I wonder what I'm telling myself. And so I did that. I just went in and what started coming up was all this, this noise around, you're never going to be in a relationship again. They're always going to break your hearts. You're always going to get betrayed. They're always going to go after older women, you know, younger women, you're getting too old. Nobody's going to want you any longer. And I was like, what is all this? Like, it was amazing to feel and to realize that what was in, was in my head. So I just watched, 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 and then went to the truth chamber. And what was true? Got quiet, waited. What's true? And I love that when you go into the truth chamber, you just wait for the truth to bubble up because it's there, but it may take some time. So the first truth that bubbled up is he gets to choose period. Like he gets to choose who he loves. And I felt a sense of like, yep, that's true. But I also felt like something deeper. And what was deeper than that was I get to choose. I get to choose. And that something unlocked in my being of like, ah, I'm in this situation. I get to choose how I navigate this very difficult situation. And then I went to the intent. My intent was to be unconditional, to be, to be present, to really show up. When I went back through, what really unwound everything is when I went back into the story chamber, holding my intent and the truth, is what I saw as my old story was, this is happening to me. I'm a victim. I don't have any control about this. Hard things are always happening. I'm always getting my heart broken. And I looked at it again, and I was like, oh, I'm in, like the universe, the, the message was, the universe loves me so much that it's giving me another opportunity and that I'm like in the university of being present and learning how <laughs> to let go in a graceful way. And everything, like, I was like, okay, I can do this. This is hard, but I can do this. And when I went back into the feeling chamber, I still had this deep disappointment. And I realized that's okay. This is a disappointing, like, you can be disappointed, sweetheart. And so I just held the disappointment and I didn't make it anybody's fault or my, like, it's just, I was disappointed, period. Um, and I was able to get through the next four days and feel like this is a hard, like it didn't make it any easier in some ways, but I had a new focus that made everything workable mm. with love for myself and for the situation. Hmm. And also I had a much better sense of humor around it as well. <laughs> that's so great. The universe's university of presence. I mean, that's amazing. What a, what a way, what a, what a cool story. 
Yeah, yeah. In your eyes, what does it mean to be human in 2021? Oh, to be in relationship with the mystery and to be grounded in this moment, open to how do we be creative and present and heartbroken about these times. We have to learn to be fluid and flexible and in relationship with this ever-changing times. And so for me to be human means to be tender and vulnerable and heartbroken and curious and creative and hold all of it. Mm. Hold all of what's arising. Mm. In practice. We're Mm. practicing and learning and growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heather Ash, what are some of the daily practices or rituals that make you feel the most alive? Being grateful for everything. I, I go through phases of having different practices of you know, different things of depending on what I need, but I'd say that the, the deepest practice that I'm doing all the time that isn't separate from my life is the practice of presence, showing up with what is meeting it with my heart, being grateful, listening, and that that is every moment that never stops, that I'm in that constant relationship with life from a deep sense of awareness and presence and gratitude, and that that is my practice every moment of every second of every day and night. And Heather Ash, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say, 40 years or so, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? Uh, Such a great question. Keep listening to what's true for you and letting other people stand in what's true for them. I love it. Absolutely love that so much we would just we just need to have that dramatic pause afterwards because <laughs> that was great um th- there's yeah i mean you know it's it's so cool because just like you said you know the truth is one sentence and our intent may be one one word um you you hit it all with that one statement powerful so where can people go that want to learn more about you, your books, your workshops, everything? The main hub is our website, which is warriorgoddess.com. And then I'm on all the social media. Well, I shouldn't say all the social media because they're getting birthed momentary, you know, like every <laughs> second it feels like. But uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so all the places. Yeah. Cool. And we'll link up to your, we'll link up everything in the show notes so people can go and check out your books and all that um, and check out everything that, that's going on um, and that want to connect with you. Heather Ash, thank you so much that, you know, I was telling you before I've had, uh, Jose has been on twice. Miguel Jr. has been on a, three times. So it's, it's an honor to connect with you today. Thank you so much. It's always such a joy and thanks for the great questions and, and many, many blessings. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed 
by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone. <laughs>